The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the last episode of Event Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we've been doing a deep dive into the somewhat overlooked art of making personal connections in person, event marketing. Each day this week, we've posted an episode that discusses what you need to know about the technology and strategies behind maximizing the impact of your marketing events as an event creator or attendee. With us this week is Brent Turner, who is the SVP of Strategy and Technology at Kramer, which is an agency that delivers experience design, live production, audience engagement, and strategic event marketing services for global brands. So far this week, we've discussed the trends and growth in the experiential and event marketing industries, some of the technology trends happening in the event marketing space, what you need to know to optimize your marketing efforts as they relate to events, how to decide what events you should and shouldn't attend, and today we're going to talk about the future of the event marketing space. Here's the last installment of Event Marketing Week with Brent Turner from Kramer. Brent, welcome back to the final day of Event Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. We've made it. We're close to the finish line. We're not quite there, but we are looking forward and we're going to talk about what is next in the event marketing space. I'm curious to hear, now that we've talked about the overarching purpose of events, some of the technology used to run them, what marketers need to think about for evaluating events, how people listening to this podcast can think about which events they should be attending. Talk to me about where you see the event marketing landscape heading and what are some of the interesting things that marketers listening to this podcast might not be aware of? So let's break it down in three ways. Let's talk about where I'm starting to see our clients and the industry spend their money. So where's the investment going for brands? The second we should talk about is what's just going on in the technology side of the industry and any predictions, I have a few. And then the third is a higher level challenge that is coming from both attendees and the event marketers. And we'll get to that and we'll end on that. There's sort of an interesting thing looming on our horizon. So let's start off with the investment. How do people think about where they're investing their budget and what to put into the events? This simple is what we talked about on Monday a bit, which was this idea of make it active. When people are looking at creating an event where the investments, I see them going or the industry helping influence brands is you have to make it active. 
the days of come to my events because you can sit with 4,000 strangers in a dark room for four hours from 8 a.m. to 11 with one coffee break to hear people parade in front of you, not going to draw you in. That's not why I want to attend this thing. I want to attend because I want an experience. I want it to be active. So what we're seeing in a shift in investments is under this larger industry idea, which is the festivalization of all meetings. And what do we mean by that? Well, festival is invoking all those things you think of when you go to a music festival, an arts festival, there's culture, there's community, there's different perspectives, there's irreverence, and there's education. Instantly what pops into my head is Coachella and high-waisted shorts. Go on. Yes. See, your joke, but we look at Coachella, which, by the way, is getting overrun with brands who want to be associated with it because of the cultural driving. But the if you look at Coachella, well, what are the things that people are loving doing there? Drugs. Drug, yeah. 50% <laughs> less drugs than Coachella in most events. Maybe 60. Data's out. 40. Eh, yes, that's about right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you're seeing events say, wait a minute, what if the general session had no chairs when you walk in and people had to stand and it was more high energy? What if the general session was at 9 p.m. at night instead of 8.30, 9 a.m. in the morning? So you start to say, wait a minute, what can we flip the script on? What can we think about in a more experiential way from the tried and true things like your classic general session to all the things you can do when you're on the campus of, say, CES or even in a hotel from registration on through? How do we make it active for you? How do we bring the ideas? And as a brand, how do we invest in maybe festivalization and high-waisted pants and shorts? Or how do we invest in things that will make this journey for you less sitting in a chair? and more active. The thing that pops into my head about festivalization is understanding who your customers are. And you have to do a little profiling here in the sense of if you're looking for the C-level suite, they have very little time. They are probably high earners. They probably want to go somewhere nice. They have high expectations and they probably have families. So thinking about maybe this is just me being biased, but creating events where the CEO of the enterprise level company can bring his wife and children and spend a day or two. When I was a kid, my dad, who was an orthopedic surgeon, would fly out to Hawaii once a year and spend a day or two at a conference in Maui. And it was his excuse to write off his trip to Hawaii. Hope I'm not outing my dad to the IRS. <laughs> Maybe this is just as the more I get older and the more I mature, the more I think about the investment in time. So yeah, festivalization is great in the sense of keeping the event active, but you have to think about who the customer is. If you're marketing towards younger people, it's a different environment than if you're marketing towards the executive crowd. I 100% agree. The wonky side is Every marketer is in the business of changing behaviors. That's the simplest way anybody in marketing needs to think about your job. From prospect to onboard to retention, you're always changing behavior. And to do that, you're changing perspective, you're setting memories. And an event is a powerful forum to ultimately change the behavior, but to create memories. And what do memories do? They create a hundred other things, allegiance, sentiment. And if you can bring more people into your tribe, if people who don't even use your product think positively about you, it's only going to increase the influence your brand has. So yeah, you need to think about spouses because families are whispering in the ear of, in that case, the working parents who is going to an event. 
you also have to think about the full CEO, VP, senior executive level person who's thinking about going to this. Should we waste their time with something more festival-like? If it hits our goal of changing behavior, maybe. You may not be able to get them to go for it, but once they're there, you might be able to do something pretty special that just sitting and talking with a PowerPoint deck never could do. Yeah, I think there's a fine line here between people going to the event as a boondoggle and not paying attention to the content and putting people in an environment that they feel gratitude for being around people that are similar to them, where they're appreciating the content in a professional perspective, and they're having a good time so they enjoy themselves. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So talk to me a little bit more about what's happening in the industry, the growth of the landscape. Tell me more, you know, outside of just the changes of how events are thinking about producing their content, which way is the industry heading? We started in episode one of this series talking about Scott Brinker and his MarTech landscape, which is what, 7,000 vendors now. The other thing he's noticed or he's been analyzing is consolidation in that landscape. Adobe's buying everybody, et cetera. In our space, Cvent is buying everybody. Aventry's buying everybody. Smaller players are converging. So it's really two streams that mirror exactly what we see happening in the larger MarTech landscape. You have the big guys who are going both horizontal and vertical in their offerings by acquiring purpose-built smaller startups. But you also see with all those other immersive and interactive technologies coming to the market with that greater amount of investment, the focus on festivalization, changing strategies, changing design. 
you have this priority in marketing strategy and evolution in approach that is changing events, which is opening up more spaces in the landscape, more types and categories and areas of focus for more specialized technology providers to emerge. That's where the fun is here because you've got consolidation and it's not just the big guys buying it up, but like we have in the MarTech landscape, we're having more and more flavors and slices, which means more and more vendors emerging. Yeah, I imagine that consolidation is happening. You mentioned on what we call the platform side, but there's also the opportunity with the AR, VR, MR, XR, alphabet soup of R's of realities that there is plenty of opportunity being developed in terms of generating new experiences. So the thing that we haven't discussed, and I've been waiting to make my dirty joke about the event marketing space for five days now, is we talked a little bit about the data of events and how the event marketing space is really about tracking where someone is and what they're doing and what their experience is going to be. At what point is the event marketing industry going to be tracking who you go home with after having too many drinks at an event? Because a lot of the times people are at these events for a boondoggle and I don't know if they should be wearing the trackable wristbands all night long. <laughs> yeah, as we've done those, we've definitely had questions and you'll see them sitting on the floor by the elevators. And there's definitely a few of those like what happens after dark. So yes, that is a thing that attendees, especially with wearables, are most notably paying attention to. But we also have a larger zeitgeist challenge, which is we're all in tune with all these data hacks and GDPR in the marketing space. We all are, from my mom on down, more tuned to who has our data and what in the hell are they doing with it. And meanwhile, here you walk up, you got your wearable on, you're doing facial recognition, you're going to an event, you're seeing all these tracking pads, you're touching things here, and you're like, what are people doing with this data? Are they tracking who I go home with? Are they seeing when I'm not in a session? X, Y, Z. So the interesting thing that we're predicting that I'm personally really locked in on is we're calling it data confluence, which is this idea on one side, you have events better than ever and only accelerating their growth in ways to capture and generate attendee data. And on the other side, you have attendees who are more conscious of it. And by the way, a different podcast that you should dive into, and you probably have it on your radar, is looking at the rise of Doc.io and Tim Berners-Lee, the guy who created the World Wide Web, his recent launch of Solid Pods, where people are saying, we need to give people more control on owning their data and letting almost licensing out their data to other people so they own the data. So you have this general rise in both the tech zeitgeist, the tech community of solid pods and doc.io to my mom, who's like, what are they doing with my data? And on the other side, we have all us crazy people on the experiential world and the event marketing world who are like, more data, we need it all. Ooh, we can get it this way. We've had a couple episodes of the podcast where we talk specifically about location data, companies like Gravy Analytics and Lada Data, and they are GDPR compliant and they are people that are trying to take the best interests of not only the marketer, but also the consumers into heart. But there are other companies that are out there that basically understand when you are at an event, facial recognition is the one that sticks out to my mind, without expressly saying, hey, we are actively tracking you right now that most people don't know is happening. So tell me a little bit about how we find the right balance of the marketers wanting the data and the end consumers not necessarily understanding or wanting to give it out. I think the answer is you give up a little bit of your own data because you get something back. So in the event space, what can you get back? Well, you get back better networking. 
you can get back more personalization of your journey. So in those two examples, I'm going to give you more data about myself so that ideally, soon as the vendors are racing to do this vision is in a world where you and I don't know each other, but we attend an event, we have our wearables on, and there's an algorithm cranking behind the scenes that knows, oh, it's two o'clock. You guys are both free right now. You're within 10 feet of each other. You have six shared contacts on LinkedIn, but you don't know each other. You recently both liked the same article on Twitter. You share these five trending conversation things that I've seen you dive into on LinkedIn. You guys match at a 98%. You should get a cup of coffee right now. I'm going to light up your band automatically. So our bands light up blue and blue. We see each other. Our phone vibrates. Hey, look for this guy and here's your icebreaker. Now, in some ways, that's creepy as hell. Isn't this Tinder? Yes, but with a lot less guessing at what's in your stream and a lot more real to the point, you two need to meet and I'm going to make sure you didn't come to this large event and leave without meeting the people who would be most valuable to you. So on one side, data is going to enable that. It's going to be probably years to that full utopia of networking and technology and event. But on one side, you're going to give up more of your personal data because it's going to make sure I go to an event with 4,000, 40,000, 400 people. I don't leave without meeting the one, two, three, four people who are going to be most important in my life. The other side is you go to an event that may have 15 things going on, this massive festival, these campuses created. How the hell do I navigate that? And today, big events from Cisco on through are using their app and their content to say, hey, Amazon-like, you may also like this. Hey, if you went to this session, which I saw you went to this session, you should check out this session. It's a companion to that and help you navigate the land of many content options so that you get more education and content from it. So you're going to give up more of your data is the hope of the industry. But in turn, we're going to give you better experience, content, and networking. I think the event marketing space is really interesting just to bring it back high level in the sense of it is one of the oldest formats of marketing, right? Getting people together in large group to share experiences, to bond and to consume content together. That is not a new concept and the value behind it is all of the influences of technology and the use of data, on the other hand, is really cutting edge stuff where we're talking about AR, VR, facial recognition. So it's just fascinating to think about how this really old methodology of marketing and sharing content and experiences is going through such a renaissance. And I appreciate you, Brent, talking to us about the space. And I hope that the next time we're at an event together, our futuristic wristbands ring the same color. I'm sure they will. <laughs> All right. And that wraps up Event Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. Thanks so much to Brent Turner from Kramer for joining us. If you'd like to learn more of Brett's tips for building an effective event marketing strategy, you can get in touch with him through the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Brent R T B R E N T R T. Or you can find his company website, Kramer, C-R-A-M-E-R dot com. A couple of follow-up links in our show notes to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for all of our guests. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you, so we created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. 
Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is BenJShap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Brett Turner, SVP of Strategy and Technology at Kramer, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. If you'd prefer to have our content delivered to your inbox, we also have a once a week newsletter with links to the audio players, episode summaries, and contact information for all of our guests. To subscribe, go to benjshap.com newsletter. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.